Good morning to everybody. Goeiemorgen vir allemaal vandag, hierdie 17de januari, en ons gaan heerlik om die woord sit. I don't know where you watching or listening from, but I'm sure you've also rejoiced with all the rain. Ons is so dankbaar vir al die reen. Ek hoor een program op die radio, wat praat oor boere en droogte en reen, en elkeen sê, water is baie beter as niks water nie. And so even if it's a little bit much, God's going to do a miracle, and I trust He'll do a miracle with your harvest for those who are farmers watching. Father, thank you that we can praise you and worship you this morning for your endless goodness and mercy over our lives. Even in the midst of the storms around us with the COVID and, and, and issues and we thank you, you're a good God, and we put our trust and our faith in you. We long to walk with you in the Holy Spirit and to walk upright and to experience the mercies of God that are rich and everlasting. I pray that everybody watching this morning will be touched. I pray that our lives will be touched by the anointing of your Holy Spirit. And that we'll never be the same because we've had a meeting, not with man, but with God. May the blessing be upon your word. And Lord, may your word never return void because it says it won't. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning I'm going to speak to you about condemnation, no. Conviction, yes. In Afrikaans, it's veroordeling, nee. Oortuiging, ja, verseker. But just before I do that, I'd like to share a testimony I've spoken last week on our theme for the year, which is to be rooted well or deeply rooted in Christ. And I would like to just share a testimony after Sunday service last week, if you have not watched, as you nie het nie, please make the effort and just catch up. But I got a phone call from a, a Zambian pastor friend of mine who had not watched it. Interesting, on the Monday. He lives in a town of Kasama. It's a thousand, uh, 2,700 and something kilometers from Kronstadt. Town has about 120,000 people, of which the majority is unemployed. So we're just chatting and we're speaking, and it's not my friend Bishop Benson, it's another Benson who's a pastor. And we're chatting, and I said, How's it going with you and your family? And he says, Pastor, do you remember? I think it was 15 or 17 years ago, you did an outreach in Kasama. I want you to catch this people listening and watching. And he said to me, you prophesied over me. I said, okay, I, I do if the Lord lays a prophetic word on my heart. But I, I don't remember that. He said, pastor, you prophesied over me. And you said you see a cement slab, a cement blot. And there's a tiny crack. And there's a plant that's starting to come through. And your prophecy was, it will be hard and tough with the resistance of the cement uh, slab. But this plant will grow and fulfill its purpose. Now remember, 
We've just preached on roots and plants well established. Want you just to think, don't begin that word. Hy weet het nie, hy begin my vertel van een profetiese woord, 15 of 17 jaar terug. And he says, I'd like to tell you about my family. Kasama, most people unemployed, right in the northern province of Zambia. He says, my daughter married a man, they both got work at the Lusaka International Airport. They well taken care of. My second son, He's a lecturer in mathematics with an American company in Zambia. He tells me the name of the company. He says, and my last child, my third born, has just finished his degree. And he'll be getting a job soon in Lusaka. He says, our church building, the actual building, has been completed by a miracle. And my wife is opening a business. Well established. Overcame the resistance. Because the roots went down. Maybe someone's watching this morning. I'm jumping in straight away and I'd like every one of you just to really give attention to what I'm saying. Don't focus on the cement slab that's trying to resist your growth. Focus on having your roots well put down into Christ. Because if you are rooted in Christ, nothing can stop you becoming well established. We always say, oh, there, if you live there, there's no future for those kids in Kasama. There's no hope for those people. Well, the word of the Lord said there will be difficulty. Jesus said that. And in this world, there will be much trouble. But you know what? That man, I know him. He's always my interpreter at the conferences. He's well and deeply rooted. And the result of that is nothing, not that big cement slab, could stop the establishment that God had planned for his family. So there's someone watching, some of you listening, and you're saying, is there any future for me and my family? Well, it depends where you rooted, not dependent on the slab. May God's blessing be upon what I've just shared. That encouraged me. I'd like you to look at that picture of our theme for the year. Deeply rooted and well established. Colossians 2 verse 6 and 7. I'd like to just open up again with that verse or that scripture. To Colossians 2 verse 6 and 7 says, Therefore as you have received Christ, accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him. Or you can put it rooted in Him and built up in Him. Three times and established in the faith. I want you to just put in the back of your mind, in him. You've received him. I'm starting to walk in him. I'm rooted in him. I'm being built up in him. And so I want to put an emphasis this morning on in him or in Christ Jesus, in him. You see, my friend, when you're in him, you're not the same as the person outside of him. If you are in him, there's a massive difference. You see, we want to be fruitful. 
But often there's stuff and lies. Baie keer is daar leens wat druk tegen my, wat my onvrugbaar probeer maak. And this is the difference that I'm going to go to or go through this morning and I'm going to talk about condemnation, veroordeling tegen oortuiging. Condemnation versus conviction. Christians who are watching. Listen carefully. It's very similar, but it's totally different. Condemnation and conviction. If you're going to get this cleared in your head this morning or today, as you dit gaan klaarmaak in your kop wat ek vandag gaan sê, sal jy begin groei in een ander tempo, in een ander diepte. If we look at Romans 8, Verse 1, can we just have a look together at Romans 8 verse 1. Very well known verse and Christians like to quote it. And that's cool, you must quote scripture. But I'd like to share with you the verse that says, Therefore, there is now some, a little bit, sometimes. No, no, no. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Remember, walk in Him, rooted in Him, being built up in Him. If I'm in Him and I'm walking in Him, I'm being built up in Him, I want to tell you this today. You need to make up your mind. There is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Can just look at that beautiful picture. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. Daarom is daar geen, geen, Geen veroordeling vir hulle in Christus. Nie bykie veroordeling nie. Geen. You see, condemnation is the following. If it says there's no condemnation, it means in the original in the Bible, it means there's no sentencing of this condemnation that you handed over to establish that guilt and to fix that guilt in your life anymore. Do we make mess and slip-ups? Yes. Do we make mistakes and miss the mark? Yes. But you're not sentenced forever to doom as a Christian because you've made a mistake, even a terrible mistake. Satan loves to ride, especially the church. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's the unclear, funny brooders. And oh my goodness, when you make a mistake, and Alan makes a mistake, and Kareem sometimes makes a mistake, then the devil loves to come in and say, you are guilty. I have got proof of what you've done. I saw what you did. And you have been sentenced to condemnation forever. You are, this is the following 
of condemnation. Condemnation veroordeling. This is very interesting because this plays in our emotions. Condemnation and conviction start very similar because it both start around, around. Veroordeling en oortuiging begin allemaal om een dingetje, is dis die fout wat jy gemaakt het. Conviction and condemnation, this is very important teaching this morning. Conviction and condemnation both start at the same point. It starts with a factual mistake or fault that you made. But this side you've got Satan who's handling your mistake. And this side you've got Christ who's busy handling your mistake. Are you with me people, friends, church, friende? And there's voices talking to you and Satan, the accuser of the brethren, is saying to you, I saw you, I know what you did, you are guilty and you will be the following. Condemnation. Look what condemnation is. He heaps guilt on you. He, he imparts a sense of hopelessness because you failed. Satan tells you, you are messed forever. And he says, I have proof. Jy is eens en vir altyd net a gemors, Ellen. Ek het bewys. I won't say the word on live broadcast or on YouTube. When I grew up, my father used to call me a big something. Terrible insult. Over and over he used to call them me that. He heaped condemnation on me, my own dad. I love him, I bless him, he's passed on. But he heaped condemnation through his own failures and struggles in his life. And Satan loves to heap condemnation on Christians. Because he says, I've got proof what you did. I know what you said, thought and did. And so every time this wants to block me from being well-rooted and established. He jumps on you. He says, you will never have victory. Failure is your lot in life. Mislukking is maar jou deel in die lewe, ou broer. Jy kan maar ophou traai om hierdie groot christen te wees. Dink jy, Jesus sê dit vir jou. Dink jy, Jesus Christus dier sy geest sê vir jou, jy kan maar ophou probeer, ou broer, want jy is een mislukking, jy is een groot dit en dat vir die rest van jou lewe. Failure born and failure forever. Now, my friends, that's the accuser. He brings condemnation. Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So what does Jesus do from this side? What do Jesus from die kant as a Christian met you? Jy as Christian, what do Jesus met you? You see, condemnation is hopeless and all the things I've said. Conviction. Oortuiging is anderste as veroordeling. You've got to fix this in your spirit to be well planted. Conviction, oortuiging, I've, I say, and I'll say something later, conviction is I'm helpful, I'm here to help you. Nobody can tell you that the Holy Spirit does not convict Christians. That's a teaching, that's a lie. 
I want to say it, it's the silliest lie because they say, no, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, righteousness, judgment. He doesn't do that with you. He just helps you. Well, conviction is helping you. <laughs> Condemnation is rejecting you and you sentence forever. There's no turnaround. You lost. Jesus comes by the Holy Spirit and he brings conviction. He says, I'm here to help you. I'm going to show you your fault, but I'm going to show you the door to victory and to a better life, my son or my daughter. Jesus does not ignore your mistakes and the faults and where you miss the mark. He doesn't just leave it. He deals with it. Why? Because he wants to condemn you. No, because he loves you. He brings conviction. Now catch this. It's like a child who runs into the street. There's no cars. There's no danger. Nothing. But your little toddler runs into the street. And a parent runs after that child. And I want to give you a few meanings of conviction. Conviction is very, very important. Or convincing you. It will start with, he will try and convince you that it's wrong. My boy, my girl, don't run into the street. It's dangerous. There's cars. And it's not the place. It's not a playground. If you persist, his conviction doesn't stop. If you can't stop, this is out of the, the, the word of God. If you don't stop as a Christian, next is he will reprove you. It's all part of convicting. Reprove is he will, in Afrikaans, he will, he will really um, reprimand you. Boy, oh boy, if that car comes down the road and it has to break and it's just smoke and tires, their dad's not going to come and say, oh, my little Bobby Key, please, you mustn't go in the road. The father's going to say, I'm telling you, I've spoken to you before. Stop it. And the last is going to be a hard rebuke. Why? Why would Father God actually rebuke his own children? Because he loves you and he doesn't want you to get squashed by the car. The Bible says the following, if you put on the verse, he says in, uh, and it's a lovely verse. In, let's have a look at, at, at John uh, 8, verse 10. It's about Jesus and the woman that was brought to him, and they wanted to stone her. They wanted, it's so interesting, the story, because the church had Proof of a fault. I want you guys to listen. The church had proof of a fault and had decided they're going to condemn her. Jesus straightened up this whole story we know in verse 10 and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then he says this famous words. Neither do I condemn you. In other words, he's saying, neither do I declare. Neither do I declare. Your situation is once and for all hopeless. You're a mess. You're from like that from young. And I just want you out of my life. And you just 
an absolute bah from, from birth, man. No, he says, neither do I. Ek veroordeel jou ook nie. If Jesus says he doesn't condemn you, who do you think you are to condemn others? And who does Satan think he is to condemn God's children? I, I just want to say that this morning. Be careful who you condemn. Because Jesus might just write in the sand about you, my brother and my sister. You who are feeling so strong to condemn others for their faults. But if Jesus had to measure your faults in his holiness, you'd have no chance either. So there's people out there, you've been hurt. People have faulted you and you've condemned them. You've judged them. You've cursed them. Please stop because it's going to backfire on you. Hand them to the Lord that he will condemn them. No, that he will convince them that they will repent and change from their ways. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared or said. Go now and leave your life of sin. There's hope. Lady, you've messed it up. But I don't condemn you. Go. But look what he said. Leave. He's convincing her. Leave your life of sin. Go and do it no more. And they had a big dispute over Jesus' testimony. John 16 verse 8 says the following. I love this verse. I love it. He says, when he comes, the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, I'm not leaving you alone, church. I'm going to my Father. But when he comes, he will convict. Holy Spirit won't condemn. He starts, the Holy Spirit starts with the world, the cosmos system, the people who are lost in their sin. And he starts the journey with them. The Holy Spirit starts the journey with the worst of the sinners. And he starts by condemning convicting them, convincing them, or starting to reproof them about sin, righteousness, and judgment. And the Holy Spirit starts with the world, and where this teaching came in is, well, the minute you get saved, He stops convincing you of stuff. He's your help and your teacher, but He doesn't convince you or convict you anymore. Nonsense, man. Listen nicely. Convict means convince. It means to reproof. Reprove and to finally rebuke if you don't listen. And the Holy Spirit will do that on sin, righteousness, and judgment. So what we're doing today, we talk about your righteous stand in Christ as a Christian. Jy het een gerechtigheid stand in Christus, en jy begin vat al die veroordeling van die duivel, en die Heere sê, daar is geen veroordeling. Ek wil jou oortuig, daar is nie veroordeling, maar ek wil jou begin oortuig van dit waarmee jy speel in jou leven. Jy is my kind. Ga nie weg. Jy gaan jou groei beperk, my kind. Listen naas. Jy gaan jou groei beperk, my kind. As jy nie sal toelaat, laat ek jou begin oortuig van goed in jou leven. Next week I'm going to be speaking about what is beneficial and what is truly unfruitful, and what does God really want? What is acceptable to the Lord as a Christian? What will the Holy Spirit convince us of, convict us of? 
He will not leave you. If he says he won't leave you as orphans, he doesn't leave you to sort your own righteousness out. He's given you that cloak of righteousness and he wants to lead you with that, that you can be deeply rooted in him. He convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and the judgment to come. He convinces you of a more blessed life than what you're having at the moment. Hy oortuig jou van a meer geseende lewe as wat jy thans beleef. I have that with my wife and I. We're always talking about deepening in Christ. And, and, and in my own strength, I say, oh Lord, I'm not walking deep at all. God says, will you let me convince you then about what's happening in your life? Convict you. What's blocking the debt? And I'd like to share this journey with you in this year that we'll be deeply rooted together as a church in Christ and as a community of believers watching. Satan loves to condemn you with facts. Jesus loves to take those very same facts and convince you that it can be different. Maybe you're watching today and you're saying, hmm, I'm getting a little bit of hope here. I think it's time for you to have hope. My friend, my brother, my sister watching It's time for you to have hope about your hopeless situation. The Holy Spirit will use people sometimes to bring conviction in your life. Sometimes God does it personally. You're reading the Bible or you have a dream and and God will just speak to you in that dream and say, cut that out. Don't play that game. You're going to burn your fingers. But sometimes God uses people. Sometimes God will use a person in your life to bring a conviction. God used the Apostle Paul, if you can put the next scripture on, 2 Corinthians 7 verse 9. God used the Apostle Paul in the church at Corinth. And I want you to look at the result. Remember I said conviction is convince, reprove, or rebuke. And we don't walk around trying to rebuke. Most people don't rebuke and reprove. They just try and condemn you. You with me, my friend? I can't glue the out so gemaakt of so gepraat nie. Well, what do you in your game? What do you in your cup? Guys, don't come with this condemnation vibe. We want to see each other rooted and built up in Christ. And that doesn't dodge the fault, but it gives hope. It gives hope within the fault. You see, when you're in Christ, you don't lose your conscience. That's also a whole new thing. There's so much grace. I can just sin and there's no result because Jesus paid 2,000 years ago for the sin. It's a, it's a crazy teachings that are happening. So when I become a Christian, it's like I don't have a conscience anymore because there's no condemnation. Rubbish. Paul says grace is not a license to do wrong. Grace is there that we'll respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. 
And Apostle Paul speaks to the church in Corinth, and he says the following. He, he did something Paul wrote to them, and it was, it was a hard word that he wrote to the church. And they were paining because it, it cut deep what he spoke to them. And he says, I rejoice not because you were grieved. Ek is nie opgewonde omdat jy so seer gemaakt is dier my. Luister wat sê Paulus. But because your grief led to repentance. Ah, Grief led to condemnation and no hope. Uh-uh. Their grief for what they've done led to, I'm going this way in this rubbish and I've turned and I'm not carrying on like that. And he says, the grief that I caused you was well worth it. I've shared this before with people as a young man. I used to think I'm funny to speak. Not funny, but I didn't really care. I spoke to my wife. Newly married. I loved her dearly, but I would talk to her sometimes like just, she's a little bit below me. Maybe this is going to mean something to you. Ooh, I don't want to cause marriage problems. I want to cause hope. And one day, an older brother called me in, still in Harry Smith. And he said, I want to just talk to you, Alan. I said, yes. He says, don't let me ever catch you talking to your wife like that again. That grieved, it was painful. But his rebuke of me, he didn't just try and convince me. His rebuke of me, let me see the value of Kareen and treat her like a princess. Come on, guys. How's it going with you and your wife if you're married watching? Ladies, how's it going with you and your husband? Are you treating them as precious, as kings and queens? Are you honoring each other? Are you covering each other? Are you washing each other's feet? The Holy Spirit's going to convince you about that. Satan will condemn you. Say, look how you talk. You don't care. Blah. And people will say it. And, nah, come on, convince for a result. And Paul says here, for you were grieved as God willed. As God willed, you were hurt. God wanted me to have a bit of a shake in my life. And wake up, man. You can't live like that. You're my son. I've called you and I'm going to call you. I wasn't in the ministry. And I'm going to call you in the ministry and you need to be well-rooted and deeply set, Alan. I have this plan for you, but you can't live like that with your wife as if she's just... Uh, in Afrikaans, they make a joke, you're sleep She's just something you drag with you. No. You see, God, Jesus didn't condemn me. He convicted me of that lifestyle that wasn't kosher for a marriage. Deep stuff. God willed, for you were grieved as God willed, so that you didn't experience loss from us. For godly grief or sorrow, godly sorrow produces repentance, not to be regretted and leading to salvation, but worldly grief produces death. I'm being transformed in my salvation. Every time I'm growing in my righteousness, I'm righteous, I'm growing in it. I'm holy, but I'm growing in holiness. As I close off, I repeat, the verse of no condemnation does not mean I'm free from any consequences. There's no conscience. And nothing has to con- con- convict me anymore because there's no condemnation. No, 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 no. There's no condemnation that will send me into the deeper pit from the devil. But when I'm in him, 
When I'm in Christ, you better believe conviction, oortuiging, sal daar wees, al die dag van jou leven as een Christen. My dear friend from Zambia said, the prophecy, he talks deep, he's got a deep voice, young man, he's a lovely young man. He talks deep, he said, brother, we are fruitful. The plants has grown. I want to ask you, are you growing? Two things I've touched this morning that you must remember. The cement slab, the cement blot, wat alles wil keer in jou leven, kan nie a planting vir God keer. Alles dat a kraakie en hy plant begin groei, gaan hy, hy sal die cement, have you ever seen a tree, have you ever seen a cement slab prevent a tree from growing? It cracks that cement slab up, eventually you go there five years later, that cement was like this, and it just goes, can't stop it. The second part is, if you're going to grow and, and, and crack that cement open and produce the fruit God's called you to, you've got to get it in your head today. You moet it in your kop kry. Jy is nie veroordeel vir die rest van jou leven vir elke foukie wat jy dagelijks maak. Kies die kant van Christus, jou redder, waar daar oortuiging dagelijks sal wees en dat jy sal groei dier die oortuiging, en die roeping waarvoor God jy het, you'll grow in your calling, that God has for you, because you haven't sided with condemnation, but with conviction, that always will lead to a godly sorrow, to finally a repentance, and finally a growth. My word for you to this day, is have a blessed condemnation, have a blessed condemnation free, 2021 and have a conviction filled and appropriate life, regardless of the storms around us. May God bless you. Let us pray. Lord, thank you that today our precious brothers and sisters watching will see themselves, cut them loose from the lies of condemnation and shift over to Christ. For those who've never received him, I pray today they'll say, Lord, I just live with this condemnation. I give my life to you, Jesus. I repent of all my faults and my sins, but I hand my life over to you. Be my Lord and Savior. And from today, start to convince me, convict me of how I must walk in you to be fruitful and to glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Have a wonderful week, my precious friends and family.